Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome live to a Thursday week closing edition of the Baseball Insiders. If your week ends on Thursday rather than Friday. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Fansider's MLB insider Robert Murray who is bossing me around today and getting me to change my outfit right before the show. He said, glasses, yay or nay. I said, I don't know. Let's try it out. And then he said, hard yes. So we went with the glasses for the Baseball Nerd Spectacular. Robert Murray, how you doing, man? Dude, I'm great, man. Hype is at a billion this morning or this afternoon. Um, Yeah, just feeling really good. How you doing? Feeling great, doing great. We are happy to be here as always. 3.30, Mondays and Thursdays, Eastern Standard Time. Not one of those other fun time zones that are way weirder. Um, We've got plenty to catch up on today in today's episode. We've got potentially a secret trade to unveil first. We're going to be going deeper on the Wilson Contreras situation because we can't get enough and it's getting weirder. Plus, injuries rock the NL East's rotations. Gary Sanchez joins the New York Mets, and Mookie Betts gets out of a ghost hotel in Milwaukee. But perhaps most importantly, um, thank everyone for joining us. That's most important. But perhaps most importantly, Robert Murray, you found a secret trade in the archives that has gone unreported, and we are going to report it, and it is not happening now. It, in fact, happened already and is a complete mystery to everyone involved. So please take it away. Yeah, it was, it was Tuesday afternoon. Uh, I got a text saying trade between giants and Padres and was told to dig on it. He was like, I think it's a small deal, but just, just dig. So I sent texts to people and on both sides trying to figure out exactly what it was. Um, I had somebody initially respond with a question mark. I'm like, Probably not a good was, sign. I think that was uh, me. I think I sent a question mark back. Yeah, you sent me you sent me plenty of question marks, but I did not text Adam Weidrib on this one. Uh, no. I, I'll debunk that rumor. Um, and then I got another text from somebody saying, what do you got? And, and I told him that this is what I got. And all of a sudden, he's like, yeah, there was a trade, but it happened two weeks ago. <laughs> um, and I'm like, what are you talking about? And the Giants traded a minor league pitcher named Nick Duran to the San Diego Padres. Um, and I would assume in exchange for cash considerations. Uh, but Duran has been with the Padres organization since. Um, I searched Nick Duran Padres on Twitter and I did not see a single thing. I contemplated tweeting it, um, but it's just like it happened two weeks ago. So I figured I'll just save it for the baseball insiders. But the Giants and Padres made a trade. The smallest trade possibly in baseball history, but it was indeed a trade. It went unreported until this very moment. So there you go. That's that's what the baseball insiders could provide right there. There you go. As far as I can tell, Nick Duran, uh, the Wikipedia has him on the Padres now. It's got Padres colors at the very least. And minorleaguebaseball.com says he has been assigned uh, to the ACL Padres. He was with the AAA Giants and is now in the Arizona Rookie League affiliate 
Padres roster. So that would insinuate to me they dumped an injured pitcher down to the instructional league, and now he's in the Padres system. I, I don't know. But special shout-out to the person who told you, Giants, Padres, this is all I know. It's up to you to dig and set you up for the embarrassment of hearing from someone. We already did this several weeks ago. Yeah, I'll tell you, like, there was a couple of people that I texted. I'm like, I did not realize this happened two weeks ago. I am so sorry. And uh, thankfully, they're good sports. And they're like, we just appreciate how much you grind. So, um, yeah, it, it could have been much worse. But um, the long, like, or the like the big mystery of the Nick Duran trade has finally been uncovered. Um I'm, I'm just glad we we're the ones who could drop it at him because that uh, I know that was a very coveted scoop for many reporters. Yeah, that's a weight off my shoulders. Every week on the pre-show <laughs> outline, I write Nick Duran trade. Can we can we break this yet? And every time you go, no, hold tight, don't go yeah. too quickly. It was right with the Brian Reynolds stuff. It was. Just I like, was just about to say the same thing. Yeah, I mean, which one is bigger? I mean, Reynolds or, or Nick Duran? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, hey, we, we, up getting, we got both of them, though, Adam. So we got yeah. that going for us. Yeah, and and shout out to Nick Duran, who, you know, again, no, no disrespect. And I'm, I apologize to nobody who's flocking to report the scoop a couple weeks ago. Although wiki <laughs> editors appear to be all over it, giving you the Padres brown and, and yellow. So congrats, Nick, on your new home. Yeah, congrats to you. Uh, good luck in San Diego. Um, hopefully we can see in the big leagues pretty soon here. Those Padres, man, they just don't hit, though. So maybe they need to get some offense infused instead of uh, whatever Nick Duran can provide. Um, and speaking of a team that is in disarray, that we can't stop talking about it. We, we got into it pretty late in the last show, and I wanted to lead our show today with it just because I uh, felt like we had even more to say, and the story's gotten even weirder. The Wilson Contreras stuff, um, not exactly resolved this week by the St. Louis Cardinals something between a PR and a team orchestrated effort to make it go away or make him feel more comfortable, but it just made things weirder for me. Last time we talked, it was like Contreras is not a catcher anymore. He will not be our catcher. He'll mostly be getting DH and outfield reps. Then on the Sunday before the Monday, they were like, no outfield reps, hard JK. We're not doing that. We've heard your feedback. It's a no. He's just going to be a DH for the time being. And, And the natural speculation was, Either Ali Marmel has lost his clubhouse or the front office is losing their minds, committing so much money to a catcher who's no longer a catcher or the pitchers mutinied. Then after we spoke, the story came out that Adam Wainwright and the Cardinals pitchers all met with Contreras and assured him he was wanted. The quotes from Wainwright are, I mean, they gave them the Adam Wainwright PR offensive. He was, he said, our way back to championships goes through this guy. They saw him tap Contreras in the hallway he said, what we did was we sat down yesterday and just poured into him. We love this guy. We're glad he's here and we want him to be our guy. I think he took it well. Honestly, I don't know if anyone's ever told him that. First of all, really sad. Ever? Do you mean with the Cardinals or ever? <laughs> Second, uh, what is going on here? The, the whole, the actions indicate the exact opposite. That the pitchers, you think were driving the decision to take Contreras out of the role. But now suddenly Wainwright is the spokesperson for keeping him behind the plate or at least massaging him back until he's comfortable in that role again. What can we take away from this? I, I'm more confused than I was the last time we spoke. This is really confusing. And this is not like the St. Louis Cardinals at all, because I don't. I think many people around baseball would think of them as 
like one of the premier organizations in baseball, a team that other teams try to model themselves after or try to be like, um, because they just, the Cardinal way is, has been a long, long successful um, strategy and thing in baseball. And this has been the exact opposite. Um, Their handling of Contreras here, starting from removing him as their catcher to saying that he's going to be in the outfield to then the next day saying that he's not going to the outfield and that they had a change of mind to now this, it is really confusing. Um, and this is not the St. Louis Cardinals team that I have become accustomed to at all. And it makes you wonder exactly what or who is driving this. Um, you would think the players would certainly have something to say about this, like especially the pitchers, um, because that's that's who they're throwing to. And he's never been regarded as the best defensive catcher. Uh, I think the metrics would support that for sure. Um, but the fact they're all coming out publicly and supporting Contreras and meeting with him privately, it's re- it's strange. It's really strange. Is So it makes you wonder, did they have some part in it? Did they not have a part in it? And did this come from Ali Marmol or Ali Marmol, or did it come from John Mosellac? We're I'm still trying to figure that out exactly. And the Cardinals, they got to control this. Uh, I know they had a successful series here against the Cubs, um, but this is the kind of thing that could really further impact their clubhouse dynamic. It was it was impacted with the Tyler O'Neill thing. Um, we got to see some frustration the other night from Jack Flaherty, uh, Wilson Contreras here. Um, they're messing with fire and they need Ali Marmol who's got relationships up and down that organization to contain it. Because if they don't, this could end up really blowing up in their faces. I was going to mention the Flaherty thing too, just because right when we got this person, the AJ in the comments, I'm thinking about him when we got the Wainwright, um, you know, the private, conversation turned public which is one of my favorite sports things when a team or a player is like look we sat Wilson Contreras down and had a really good heart-to-heart talk with him behind the scenes and it's like okay great but did I need to know that really like was that <laughs> like was it really private if you immediately came to me and were like we did this private thing and then you have Jack Flaherty getting into that little shouting match or, or sniping match with a reporter over fastball velocity and and saying, you know, if you don't if you're asking me these questions, you don't understand pitching. Yeah. And then in the midst of all of this, the Cardinals do win two games at Wrigley Field and one of them without Nolan Arenado and one of them with a clutch Paul DeJong homer in the ninth. So <laughs> I feel like the Cardinals are are a mess. They're the biggest mess they've ever been entering the series. And they come out with a huge road series win at Wrigley, a place that's traditionally you know, the height of their rivalry and, and it's a tough place to play for any visiting team. <laughs> How do you feel about the Cardinals exiting this weekend? More positive? Are we still thinking there's lots of time on the clock or are we focused on the weird PR war? Is it a cop-out answer to say that I'm focused on all three? No, I mean, I am. I, I can't get enough of this. It's it's the team that's known for not having baseball sideshows, having like four baseball sideshows at once. Maybe Adam Wainwright just retires tomorrow and is like, I'm going to be an anthem singer from here on out. Like I did it on opening day and I loved it. It would not shock me. No. And that'd probably be the least surprising thing of all these. I mean, it's just <laughs> actually, that would probably be pretty surprising. I want Wilson Gutierrez to be my personal harmonica accompanist. It's like, Whoa, why? Well, you really love him. Yeah. I'll tell you that actually does happen. Um, 
I, I, I will, uh, yeah, that would, that would be the call of the century right there. Um, <laughs> yeah, there you go. But the Duran uh, trade, that's my Duran trade. Yeah. Do Hey, I'm telling you that, that would be a scoop that I would never be able to touch. I mean, that's, that's just, that would be unbelievable. Um, but as far as the Cardinals here, I'm, I'm torn on exactly what I think about them. Like on one hand, they have 120 games left and no team in that division has run away with it. Uh, the pirates have pretty much come back down to earth after I've really gone out, out of my way to praise them. So thank you for that pirates. Thank you very much. Um, pirates. And, um, you look at the other part of this and the vibes just are not there, uh, with O'Neill or Tyler O'Neill, um, with Jack Flaherty, and now Wilson Contreras, it just, something is off and it just seems like, I don't know, like, like there's definite frustration throughout that clubhouse because of Flaherty thing. Um, I don't know if it necessarily was just totally directed toward the reporter about the question more so than it was like the overall frustration with the team. Um, Cause they're, they're in a really bad spot. They're in last place in the division um, they have looked nothing like the St. Louis Cardinals teams that we've we've become accustomed to. And for Flaherty, for um, a lot of these guys, this is their first time being this down far in the cellar. Um, if you had to like, if you had to make me give one prediction on what would happen, I think they'd bounce back. But that being said, I don't think this is necessarily something that happens before the All-Star break. I think this is something that happens after the All-Star break. But who knows? We've been wrong on the show before, but um, that's at least my read on it. What about you, Adam? Yeah, get yourself to 500 by the break and then deal with it later. Easier said than done. But yeah, the the Pirates are coming back to the pack. Even the Brewers are coming back to the pack. We praised, <laughs> we we did a mea culpa on the Brewers only for the Brewers to you know slide back into reality a little bit as well. So the Central remains up for grabs. Uh, just a touch, you know. It's it's not like the the Cardinals are not on the verge of cracking that code. But yes, it is not over for them. And I just I, I am left wondering if not Contreras, do they have another catcher of the future in mind? Because sliding doors moments, we we had talked about Sean Murphy to the Cardinals for a while this offseason. And it almost felt like that was going to be an inevitability for like a year or so. And then the Braves hopped in there and lo and behold, he's your player of the week and he has been absolutely dominant. I kept sending Danny Jansen there back when I thought that was the catcher the Blue Jays were going to trade because they got Kirk and Jansen and Moreno. It turns out they go with Moreno for Varsho instead, and he's playing really well in Arizona. So two of those options that would have been Contreras alternatives are now fully off the table, and catcher is not easy to find. They've invested too much in Contreras to dump him now, right, and go back to the drawing board and trade more assets for a top catcher, you would think. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking here is that they're not going to be able to go outside the organization and add a uh, a starting catcher. They're essentially stuck with Wilson Contreras for now, and he will be their catcher again at some point. They've invested too much money into him, too many years, too many resources. Um, he'll be he'll be the guy. I just don't know when that exactly it will be. Um, I also this is something else that I've wondered, and this is just a total speculative thought. But is there a point where Yadier Molina gets a hold of Contreras and offers a like a shoulder to just like lean on or um, just give up, give some advice? Because if there's anyone who knows how to be a catcher in St. Louis, it's Yadier Molina. And he he is the standard there. 
And I think part of the reason why Contreras is not a catcher right now is because he didn't meet that standard. Um, and that's something that he's going to have to work on. But if Molina can call him, if he can give some advice, I think that'll end up going a long way toward Contreras being their catcher, not just now, but like going forward. Yes. And I agree with you too, that he is the future catcher, but that makes it all the stranger that one month into the season, they decided to appease whoever wanted to get this out there by saying not going to be for now, which is just such a weird move. Yeah, I know. It's a very, very weird move. Um, just a weird season all around for St. Louis. Um, but like, man, especially this, this is, this is not the St. Louis Cardinals team. I grew up watching. Uh, that is for certain. No. And for the Cardinal way to get dinged so much while heat culture is getting talked up so much in the NBA, like the, the basketball alternative of the Cardinal way, where they just churn out these defensive minded, you know, angry, scrappy guys. Mm-hmm. And to watch the Cardinal way take so much of a hit has definitely been very strange. Uh, now, uh, from the team that could have traded for Sean Murphy to the team that actually did. Injuries are racking the National League East at the moment. The Atlanta Braves have built up a large lead in that division. The Mets are still slipping and have, in fact, released their pitching probables for the next series. TBA, 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 and TBA, according to a graphic that ran today. Those are the four pitchers they are throwing against the Nationals, in part because Max Scherzer is now injured as well. So Scherzer and Max Freed, the big names that hit the IL this week, as well as Phillies reliever Jose Alvarado. The Braves have built up a monster lead with sheer talent, and I don't know if anyone is coming for them, no matter how long they will be without Freed and Wright. It's going to be at least two months, though. That's the quotation, and Wright says the expectation is it'll be even longer for him. Does this worry you at all for the Braves' long-term prospects? It doesn't. It doesn't. Um, this is another cop-out answer. But it, Why it, you, you made me yeah. put on the glasses for this, for the cop-out? <laughs> <Come on. laughs> yeah, it's um, with, with the Braves, like, obviously they have Spencer Strider, so they have they still have an ace-caliber starter. But not having Max Freed or Kyle right there, definitely going to hurt. Um, especially Freed being a left-hander and just a very good one at that. Started the season off very strong, um, very, very, very strong. And replacing both of those guys is going to be really difficult in the interim. Uh, with those guys being gone for about two months and potentially longer, um, that complicates things for the Braves. They've obviously been aggressive in promoting top prospects. They have Mike Soroka in the minors, uh, who has been out for about two years. as He's come back from Achilles tendon injuries. Uh, they got a couple other pitchers in the minors, too. Um, it's, it also, it makes you wonder if Alex Anthopoulos, who is known for just surprise trades and just the random Braves press release being issued that they've acquired a starter. Um, it makes you wonder if he could be trying to get an early jump in the trade market. But that being said, who exactly do they target at this point? Like what team is going to be eager to sell? The only team that came to my mind is the White Sox, but like, would they want, the Braves, they've had interest in Mike Clevenger in the past. Makes you wonder. I don't know if they necessarily want him uh, right now, but uh, you got Clevenger, you got Lucas G. Lito, who is also friends with Max Freed. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the big fish there is obviously Dylan Cease, but I can't picture Anthopolis being eager to move um, what it's going to take to acquire Cease, who's got like, th- what, three postseason runs left before he becomes a free agent. So he's going to be very pricey. 
Braves are just going to have to sit this one out for now, I think, in terms of like the trade market. But that lead that they have in the division gives them a cushion and room for error. Um, so if there's any team that's going to figure it out, it's Atlanta. They're, they kind of remind me in a way that they always figure things out, kind of like the Rays. Um, I mean, obviously bigger spenders, of course, but um, they just always seem to have a solution. And that's a credit to Alex Anthopoulos. And that lineup is stacked top to bottom. I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm not worried about them having to survive two months, especially since they've already given themselves a pretty nice cushion. But it, stay tuned for, uh, I think, a future episode, probably, the, you know, the way too early trade deadline candidates, because I'm looking at Lucas Giolito, too. I'm telling you that right now. And I don't think I'm the only one. And uh, obviously, a burner pitching Joey Bart, too. I mean, we got to we got to pick apart the Giants at some point. We got to pick apart the White Sox at some point. Yeah, I don't know which, actually, I don't know which Royals you want. Yeah. So speaking of the Giants, um, that Sean Manaya signing could not have gone any worse. He has really, really, really struggled for them. Um, and he seems like a lock at this point to pick up the player option for next year, which, boy, not not what you want. Um, yeah, that that offseason, um, especially like just after losing – out on Aaron Judge and Carlos Correa just turned into a disaster. And Michael Conforto, too. Um, I mean, it's just not not, not good. That's the only way I can really put it at this point. Sean Manaya, another weird MLB.com nickname. And by the way, so we, did, we didn't understand Matt Chapman's nickname. I found out it was actually the name of a college teammate who passed away from cancer, who he wore that name on the back of his player's weekend jersey. So MLB.com needs to do a way better job categorizing these nicknames oh, so that Jesus. we don't so that we don't think they're just deeply strange. Like a, someone's player's weekend jersey is not a nickname, just blanket statement. That's that's not what a nickname is. So can we just, wow. can we just not? Um, but Sean Manias is the Maniolator, which I've also never heard him called. That said, I think that one's actually good. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. He, he he has not earned that nickname this season. Um, Cause yeah, he, he's getting, he's getting destroyed. This is yeah, more like, more like the Mania limper in 2023. Oh, no. Everybody's laughing. Is everybody laughing so hard? Can we turn yeah. on the chat while they're all laughing hysterically? Yeah. That's, um, uh, oh boy. Adam Weiner has been designated for assignment by the baseball insiders. For that <laughs> I've been, I've been sent to the ACL Padres <laughs> for whatever reason. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Hey, well, um, yeah, that's yeah, I, that's my reaction to obviously a burner crickets. Yeah, <laughs> he's loud. The crickets are laughing so hard. Why is crickets an insult? They're loving it. Um, I mean, th- Trevor Rogers, though, uh, you know, mentioning Trevor Rogers, obviously a burner does trigger me to say that we've got our eyes on Yuri Perez now, though. There's a more hopeful tone in Miami. He's making his MLB debut this week at just 20 years old. So while the Mets get decimated and the Braves try to hold on. We're getting another tippy top prospects debut. I know you've been on the Kyle Harrison train and he's like your pitcher debut that you're kind of looking for, but Perez has to be like a top three, right? Oh yeah, he absolutely is. And like Harrison is going to forever be my, my numero uno, at least this year. Um, but Perez is definitely up there. He is a mega talent. The Marlins have absolutely loved what they've seen from him and rightfully so. They were aggressive in promoting him and he's going to be making his major league debut here in a little bit. Um, If all goes according to plan and he lives up to that potential, the Marlins having 
Sandy Alcantara and Yuri Perez signed and atop the rotation is going to be pretty sick because Alcantara is he signed the probably the best contract in baseball. Um, that contract at this point looks like a steal because it was what five for about five fit or five for about fifty five or something in that ballpark. Mm-hmm. Um, then the next year he wins a Cy Young and looks just completely dominant. Um, good for him and good for the Marlins. And it's nice to actually talk about the Marlins and have an optimistic tone because for the longest time we were not able to do that. But um, they got they got pieces there, Adam. They got they got pieces. They do. Uh, yeah, more like Sandy Alcontract. Wow, everyone's laughing again. It's crazy. <laughs> everyone's laughing so better. hard. Yeah, people are better. dying. People are dying in the streets. They're begging me for more, and I'm like, fine, I got a couple. Um, but the Marlins, somebody, a very helpful redditor, <laughs> a very helpful redditor this week, did point out that uh, they they did the stats where they took the coin flip one run games and reversed them for everybody just to show what it would be like if you know th- those are you know not pure luck but pretty close to 50 50 games and some teams are way over that mark. The Miami Marlins have already won 12 one-run games this year. So when they took the one-run wins and flipped them in the other direction, the Marlins went 7-31 and 31 in the new adjusted standings. So is that, is that, is that good? It's it's one game worse than the Oakland A's. So <laughs> is, is that good? Yeah, that's, uh, I'm starting to think probably not. Yeah, boy. <laughs> yeah. Those Oakland A's have some dang problems. It's getting pretty, it's getting pretty spooky over there. Yeah, it's getting very spooky. What what a yeah, oh boy, I could get worked up about the A's again. I'm not going to do that to him cuz that, that fan base doesn't deserve it, but yeah. that that ownership. Oh, oh boy. Currently looking for another Vegas home. So best of luck with your third and fourth and fifth Las Vegas stadium sites. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4:55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Speaking of a gamble, Gary Sanchez has gone to the New York Mets. Now, he's familiar with New York. But like maybe that's not good in this scenario. Like sometimes you're like, oh, familiarity with a region. Well, he was already chased out of New York once by Yankee fans who lost patience for someone whose defense never synced up with the offense. And then the offense was roughly league average by the end of his tenure, which isn't what you want for an offense first catcher. Then last year as a catcher DH, mostly a DH in Minnesota, he had just an 88 OPS plus. He was with the Giants earlier this year on a minor league deal, opted out. Now he's in Syracuse with the Mets AAA team. Are you surprised they took this chance instead of last week? We were sort of talking about the Angels as a rumored landing spot. Now it'll be the Mets. And Darren Ruff was back on the market briefly. And and the Mets opted instead to get Gary Sanchez's bat back in the system. I know you don't think those two things are related, but I think it is noteworthy that they're swinging a miss from last year. Was floating around the DFA market again from San Francisco. And they were like, nah, we're going to do the Gary Sanchez thing. No, I, I I was not surprised by that at all. Uh, I don't think there was any chance that he was going back to the New York because Darren's stint in New York this last time was rough. Um, there you go. Uh, see, I 
obviously a burner. Don't unsubscribe for that, please. Go resubscribe, um, resubscribe. So no, resubscribe for that. Yeah, bird puns. Yeah, at uh, yeah, look at that. A new little element to the podcast. But um, <laughs> the the Gary Sanchez move certainly made sense to me. It obviously no risk on a minor league contract, and the Mets just put Tomas Nito on the IL with a vision issue. My understanding is that there is hope that it's not serious and that he won't be off for too long. Um, but still a catcher having a vision issue is probably not ideal, especially one who's always been defense first. Um, and I, I don't think there's any risk whatsoever in a, in a minor league contract, especially for a veteran. I don't think you can expect too much for him considering the numbers that he's put up. Um, but a guy who's got experience in New York and who's got talent, um, I mean, it's, it's definitely a worthwhile gamble to me. Gary Sanchez at his best is electric. Gary Sanchez at his worst is very frustrating. But can Mets fans be more frustrated than they currently are? I don't think so. So might as well might as well go for it. Um, I, I do want to wrap up with some fun stuff or some terrifying stuff. Uh, there are few buildings more haunted than the Oakland Coliseum. But one of them might be the Fister Hotel in Milwaukee. And so as someone who has spent a good deal of time in Milwaukee, I wanted to talk to you about this. It came into the public consciousness again this week because the Dodgers were in Milwaukee. The Dodgers were booked at this haunted hotel. And Mookie Betts said, no, I'm not going to opt into a haunted hotel. I, in fact, want to not be haunted by ghosts. He got his own Airbnb for three days. And that's great. And I think that was the right call. Why does Major League Baseball keep booking a haunted hotel for everybody else? Have you been here? Is it really haunted? Why are we messing with this? Uh, don't mess with this. There's got to be a Ramada in Milwaukee. We, we just let's leave this to the tourists and the ghost uh, hunters. And let's let Major League Baseball players get a good night's sleep. Because um, I was reading some stuff about this hotel. It's been talked about publicly for a long time. Michael Young, who's famously sort of mild-mannered, had a lot of stuff to say. I was like, oh, yeah, it's real. There, there was a ghost in my room, and uh, I told him to. It's always, good, it's always good when a ghost story devolves into, like, a conversation with the ghost. That's how you know the person's not losing their mind. Michael <laughs> Young was like, I told the ghost, like, I know you're here. Just stop making noise. I'm trying to get some rest. Do whatever you're going to do. Just hang out. And the noises stopped, and it, like, responded um, I, I can't be doing that, and I don't think we should be doing that at, at the major league level. I think we gotta get get put this ghost hotel in the past. But have have you been to the ghost hotel? Is it real? So I have not spent the night there, but I have gone. Good. I've I've gone there on multiple occasions, and my most recent stay or my most recent visit there was when I was with the Athletics still, and I was visiting a. Uh, an editor there named John Shear, who is freaking fantastic. He is a gifted editor. Um, and uh, John, if you're watching this, hello. Um, but I remember going up and getting breakfast with him. And I mean, I didn't have any experiences. Maybe this was just my own paranoia, but like it actually felt like somebody was watching me. And it was just really just odd. It was eerie. And I've never experienced that quite before. And yeah, I don't know. It was just, it was just a, a really unique experience. I'll, I'll never stay there. Um, I've heard the stories. I've experienced the paranoia uh, ain't for me. And I, I'm a big ghost fan. I watched uh, ghost adventures as a kid all the time. And uh, 
great show. Um, scared the the poop out of me. Um, but hey, that's why that's why you that's why you watch those shows. That's the problem. Look, I mean, you're right. Maybe it was your paranoia. Maybe there was nobody watching you. But after so many years, you're conditioned to think that somebody is watching you at this hotel. So maybe we don't invite that complicating factor in for road teams in Milwaukee. Maybe we just take the thinking about ghosts at all off their plate before a big game. I'm sure the Brewers won't be happy to lose that home field advantage. uh, But I don't think we need happy haunts dictating the direction of the NL Central at this point. No, exactly. It's uh, what what a weird freaking hotel. And this is this is by the way, this was remi- this reminded me of something that happened to me the other day. I was brushing my teeth in my in my bathroom. Am I gonna like this? I don't. Know. And my shower curtain moved. There was no draft. There was no wind. There was nothing. And I like turned around and I swore I like. I mean, I didn't see anything there, but there was a different time where I thought I like saw like a, a shadowy figure. Um. I don't know if I'm like losing my marbles over here or what, but like, what the heck, man? It's the ghost talk lately. It's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite something. Um, as a, as a wise George Costanza once said about your shower curtain, I think it moved. Um, I, as a, when I was much younger, I mean, you can get it in your head, right? If you're thinking about ghosts, you can definitely get in your own head and be and freak yourself out. I, I when I was six and I first learned about Santa Claus, um, I believed in Santa for probably like three more years than I should have ever mute this if you're a child. But I think I believed until I was like nine or ten because when I was five or six, I woke up at four a.m. or whatever because I was so excited for Christmas and I looked out the window and I think just in my bleary eyes I saw something float off of a roof now in retrospect it was probably one of those light up santas in brooklyn and i was just so tired that i rubbed my eyes and like it created a light trail and i was like well there goes santa flying away but there were at least four more years where i was like well he's real i watched him he was on that rooftop near me and then he flew away so of course he's real um and you know your your own preconceived notions can definitely create a haunting or a santa appearance yeah, I mean, he is real. I, I just I saw him the other day. There was he was flying up in my sky over. I think he was making sure everybody was was acting nice. So you, you texted him to get intel on the Duran trade, right? And he was like, oh, I, I, not, I, that, that got me my nice. permanent that got me my permanent place on the nice list. So uh, I'm <laughs> You're be going to have to be a little nicer if I'm going to tell you who's on the Padres. There you go. There you go. Plus, I my dad is is watching the podcast because he's, he's he texted me about the, my story about the Fister Hotel. He's calling BS on it. It's real. <laughs> but hey, you make sure I got a good Christmas coming up, big boy. Yeah, because I, I I want uh, yeah, go Birds. By the way, yeah, hopefully they beat the 49ers again. Go freaking birds. Birds, Patriots, week one. I think we're getting a schedule drop tonight, but I think that one leaked, which I like that for you. Yeah. By the way, the, the Eagles have a, a schedule, well, a four-week stretch in their schedule where they got Kansas City, Buffalo, San Francisco, and then Dallas. Um, holy Toledo at uh, 4-0, and baby. I'm going to cry about the Giants schedule for two seconds. Seven road games in the first nine weeks, including two West Coast trips and a Miami trip. Their first home Sunday game is week eight. They have a a Seattle game week four. 
which I believe is like a Monday night football. So they don't have a home Sunday game until Halloween. Explain that to me. I wish I could. It's like football doesn't exist here. It's like we've decided that one of our teams does not get to play games in the city where they play. Okay, best of luck. Like, yeah, very strange. And by the way, how about the Eagles and Forty or Eagles and Giants playing each other in weeks what sixteen and eighteen again? Yeah, and Christmas Day, Christmas Day in Philly, which is harrowing for me, a man who spends his Christmas with his in-laws in Philadelphia on a pretty regular basis, and I feel like will probably be going. Oh yeah, hey, hey take me. <laughs> come, come on by. The seats are hostile to me, so let's have a time. I'm in. Yeah. Oh, my. I'll tell you that place. I love watching a football game there. Going to the Steelers game this past year, I made so many friends. I went by myself. I was making friends. So um, uh, round two with the wine ribs this time. Yeah, they're great folks. They're a little spooky. Um, And this is a haunted show, I think, top to bottom. I did want to sign off thinking about I was mentioning haunted regions. I left one out. The Fister Hotel, Scary at Oakland Coliseum, Spooky. I am. I think the Baltimore Orioles decision. Have you seen that they're going to install a splash zone at Camden Yards, where they're going to shoot water out on Orioles doubles, triples, and home runs from one specific section? That no. is haunted to me. Yeah, that they should they should be kicked out of Major League Baseball for that. What for doubles, triples, and home runs, Adam? Yep, and you will get wet. You you have to wear uh, the proper attire. Be, bring a nice overcoat. Bring a slicker because you're going to get shot by water if Gunnar Henderson goes to the gap. Yeah, that I mean, I'm going to probably get crucified for this, but like this is that's such that that, that shouldn't be a thing. That if you see Gunnar legging one out like a single into the gap and he's going for two, do you start going no 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 no? Yeah, that boy, that's not no. I'm. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not for obviously a burner uh, L take by you. That's definitely not my kind of thing that, I mean, I don't want to go to a ball game and end up getting soaked. I mean, that's, I, I want to go eat some peanuts and Cracker Jack and well, I don't eat that. I eat a hot dog and um, well, multiple hot dogs. Um, I want to go to a ball game and chill. I don't have to worry about getting damp. Um, I eat Jimmy's seafood when I go to Baltimore Orioles games. It's the best, but I don't want wet crab cakes. I think I just want, I'm, I'm not going to say I don't mind this, but I do, yes. So summer, hot, great. It'll feel amazing. There's got to be a mechanism to stop this on 54 and overcast days in early September because we can't be raining on people when it's not actually raining outside. When it's when it's actually sweater weather, I, we can't be sitting in the bird bath. So oh, hopefully they not. just cut it off. No, because that's how you risk getting hypothermia. I mean, that's... Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe uh, maybe I just need to end up seeing it um, and just actually getting to see it in person. Well, not in person, but and, and maybe I'll change my take like that. But just that's I don't know. That, that's that's not for me. Baltimore, don't do that. Don't follow through with that plan, please. Yeah, you might end up getting hypothermia and coming up with something crazy like seven road games and nine games for the New York football giants. Come on. Uh, and yes, obviously a burner. I do. I'm seeing the leaks of the City Connect jerseys. If that's real, those are the absolute worst, um, which is such a bummer because it's a vibrant, very cool city that deserves more than a screen printed black jersey. But hopefully we have more of an update on that for you next time. I'd love to see the real versions come out. That is it for this beautiful, haunted, absolutely terrifying version 
of the Baseball Insiders. We'll be bringing it to you every Monday and Thursday, 3.30 Eastern. It will typically be way less scary than this, although this time around, the episode just happened to be recorded from a room with no windows and no doors. Fan side, it's MLB insider Robert Murray. Thanks for joining me along this crazy ride. Uh, The Haunted Mansion has indeed come to an end. It's it's coming to an end, uh, but what a ride it was, Mr. Weinrib. Uh An absolute G, a legend. I appreciate you. Um, yeah, what what a great show this was, and it's not possible without all you guys watching. Um, we yeah, we we all appreciate you. No, no, it is not possible without all y'all. We got belated anger at the Cardinal way. That's why we do what we do. Don't worry, obviously a burner. The ride is over, but it will be back next week. We hope. Hope you like what you saw and you heard. You'll hit subscribe. You'll like the video because we really cannot do without you folks. We're getting close to some pretty big milestones. When we do, we will give away an Oriole City connector. No, probably not. Uh, But we'll come up with something fun and we'll keep everybody engaged and entertained. And if you like the audio version, and we know there are some of you that are out there that are audio first, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. I took Google Podcasts out of the spiel on my other podcast. Because I was like, what's Google Podcast? Why am I saying that? And some commenter was like, I use Google Podcast. It's actually better. I was like, okay, great. If you think that, then it's right back in. It was like, I was saying Boo Earns guy from The Simpsons. I was like, okay, if you love Google Podcast, then I'll keep saying it. It won't just be muscle memory and and reflex. But we'll see everybody next week. Uh, Hopefully we'll come loaded. Uh, We'll come correct. We'll be normal. I promise next time. And I'll do the glasses again just for you, Robert Murray. Wow, what a guy. And I, this will not be normal. Um, I know no. how this podcast can get. We're, we've talked about ghosts for 10 minutes. Um, so, <laughs> not, uh, 10 minutes, not long enough. I could have done 15. I could have done more Haunted Mansion stuff. I was just I was just getting ready. I don't know. I don't know if obviously or Burner or the rest of the people are ready for it. But I, I'm always here for it because um, you're the man, Mr. Weiner. Um, I appreciate you. Thank you, everybody, for watching. We appreciate you. You are the man. We appreciate all of you. And we'll see you again on Monday.